Visceralist Podcast. This is episode 134 on them. Visceralist at gmail.com. Instagram. I've not been posting on Instagram that often. I need to step that up. Um, so if you have any recommendations of restaurants, clubs, bars, okay, not, not clubs. I'm not going to clubs. Bars, anything new in the Lower East Side, let me know. I'll take some photos, um, and post them. Sort of an Instagram request line. I do think that you reminded me when you said anything new in Lower East Side, um, I think we're due for an update on the, the, battling belgian free operations down there which one <laughs> has come out on top <laughs> well it is wow it is funny that you mentioned that because uh i actually there actually have been some updates uh for one thing so yeah so one of them is called bell fries and the other is 375 degree chicken and fries right or 375 <laughs> for short um, for one thing, Bell Fries, um, like a garbage truck accidentally hit and kind of destroyed their, um, outdoor seating thing. Oh. Uh, and I guess they were able to rebuild it. Um, and it, it's actually pretty nice now. Um, and so, so they went through that, uh, which I know. And then... 375 is just always really, really crowded. Mm, okay. I have, yeah. I mean, their menus, you know, a bit, a bit broader. I actually went there for a chicken sandwich recently. Um, I mean, I think they're a little overpriced at twelve dollars each. Just for the sandwich. And actually, now that I'm saying that, I'm like, yeah, twelve dollars. What did I really pay twelve dollars? Like, Good lord! It's like on a on a hero bun. No, it's just like, um, I mean, it's like a little bigger than like the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Damn. Yeah. Why am I paying $12 for that? Ugh. I mean, I do like supporting local businesses, but, um, but, uh, yeah, so that's, that's my update. Um, let's get right into the main intro segment that we do every week uh trifling in nyc i understand you had something occurred this weekend <laughs> so something did happen this weekend um do tell so <laughs> so bef- before pandemic right i never really bought clothes online and unless like i knew it was something standard like this brand, I know their sizes. Like I, I bought some things from Uniqlo online because like I already have this one, this exact same style. I know what size works. I'm just gonna buy it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I like to see how things fit and like to touch things, whatever. Um, but I now, think, I think yeah. actually you've had it. You have mentioned that before. This is sounding familiar. <laughs> I think you, you had a trifling that involved buying jeans and like oh some some worker there was touching you on the jeans <laughs> i don't remember that i may that, have that wrong there was a trifling with the jeans i thought they were one price and then i went to the register and they were a different price and then right like, oh. 
Um, okay, sorry. Anyway, but for for this one, it was it was buying a new dress shirt. This is from a brand that I have four shirts from already, and so I tried them on. I was like, oh yeah, this still fits fine. I just needed a, a new plain white shirt, right? So I I go to the website, I make my purchase, good to go, feeling fine about it. It comes in the mail. I try it on, and um, it doesn't fit like the other ones fit. Even though same brand, same cut, same size, and by cut, this brand now has four different cuts. Like one is like standard. One, I don't know. There's like an extra slim, and then there's like a super slim, and then it's like a, another kind of slim. There's four different cuts <laughs> on that you can get. You can. There's a lot of variation, but everything right. was the was the same. Like the neck size, the arm size, all those measurements were the same. Everything. So I try it on, and it's like a little baggier than the other ones are, and the arms the arms are longer. Like the other one comes down to like. Right at my wrist. This one, it's like two inches below. I'm like, why is this so long? Um, so I keep double checking it. I look at it. I look at the tag. I look at the old ones. I try on the new one. I try on the old ones. I'm like, it's the same. Doesn't fit the same. It's the same. So I take it to. I yeah, I was gonna ask. So did you retail store? So you tried. <laughs> sorry. So you did try on the existing ones that you had. That yeah. Are, Again, the same size and the same cut, but like you try them on one after the other, and they, they just don't fit. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. So I take it okay. to the store, and I'm like, I need to return this. But like, oh, this is an online purchase. Now this is. I know this was. <laughs> there you go. I hear. I hear it in oh, your boy. voice. Like here we go, online purchase. Like I'm not. Yeah. I'm not there for their nonsense. I'm like, yeah, I you're right. I waited. I waited online <laughs> to get a refund from my purchase. Now give it to me. You know they're not doing that in the store. How could they tell? Re- could they tell just by looking at it? Because I showed her the receipt. It which is it was a receipt slash packing slip. Uh, so she was like, oh, this is online purchase. So what we can do is, and they gave me like this whole rigmarole. I was like, I don't care. I just, I was like, my bigger problem is the sizes, <laughs> the sizes. It doesn't make sense. Did you change your cut? So then I go into my story, right? I was like, I tried it on. It's too big. It doesn't make any sense. I have four shirts like this. They're all from this place. They're all the same cut. They're all the same size. And I explained it. I was like, but it's longer. It's bigger. It doesn't make sense. Unless maybe you changed you, you changed like the size of the cut from here to there because it's been a long time since I bought a shirt here. Maybe like eight to ten years. I was like, maybe maybe the cuts changed. Maybe you added a new one. Maybe the one that I think I have, I actually need to get the one that's even smaller. I was like, but I haven't changed sizes because the other <laughs> one still fits. Like, <laughs> person, so, person behind you in line starts recording video. Take, have you checked TikTok to see if you're on there with, the, with all this? <laughs> I have not. But I was, <laughs> you I was probably talking. should. Man, I was talking to this woman and then she goes, it's the same shirt. I was like, "Yeah." It's like from here. It's the same brand. I was like, "Yeah, I said that already. I said I said I bought four. I have them." She's like, "And it's the same size." I'm like, 
Oh, who have I been talking to this whole time? Yes, it's the same time. Did you repeat the whole thing? Yeah. And I was like, it doesn't make oh. sense. The arm length is the same, except this one that I'm showing you in my hand, in this bag that I need to return, comes down longer than the other one. And she's like, she just, basically, she didn't want to hear it. She's like, all right, so let's just, she's like, so you need a new shirt? I was like, yes, I need a different shirt. Thank you. And then, so then, she's like, well, let's go get you measured and make sure you're getting the right size. So then I was like, wait, do you think I don't know the size that I have at home? Like, I can't read the tag and you just think I'm wrong? But, um, (laughs) so then I took offense to it, but then I just relaxed myself. It's like, fine, you can measure me just to make sure we're getting the right size here. And so we did it and... Then she tried to. She told me I was like a size smaller than what I was. I was like, but this is still doesn't account for how big this fucking shirt is. And yeah. worked it out. However, then they didn't have the size that I needed in store. So then she had to order that to be delivered. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, and then like, when will that come? She's like, seven to ten business days. It's like business days. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but how am I going to conduct my business without a shirt? During those business days. Oh, oh man. So this is, uh, I mean, if they're measuring you, this is not, this is a, you know, vaguely, I'm assuming vaguely upscale. You don't have to say the name, but. It's like vaguely upscale, but I'm still disturbed by the fact that the other shirt was just so big. Yeah, I thought, I thought you were gonna say like it was like, um, like a gap or, or something or. No, um, because I think taking it back. I, yeah, I think your thing about them just sort of changing what that particular cut is, broadly speaking. I mean, over the course of ten years, if that's when you bought the other four shirts, you know, I I could see that. Yeah, um, still pretty annoying. That's, that's what I'm thinking. But the arms doesn't make sense. Like the arm length should still be the same. Unless my yeah. did my arm shrink. No, I mean, no, they didn't because the old shirts fit. See, but this is what happened. Then I started thinking in my mind, I was like, did my arms get shorter? You know what? Wait a minute. It, they probably shrunk because you washed them. I was thinking that was a possibility too. Maybe the yeah. shirts just shrunk in the wash, right? But you would have but you would have noticed but you would have noticed that the first time you wore them if the sleeves were all fucked up or the arm yeah. length was all fucked up. So I guess not. Yeah, she she was nice. She didn't want to hear it, really. She just let me go on my rant, like, get it out of my system, basically. Like, are you done? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it seems Solve like your problem. the first step would be, you know, for her just to just be like, let's just see if we have the same thing here. Um, you and know, try and see, it if it match- see if it matches up. Yeah, try it on. See if you're having the same issue. And then you can just take it, you know, in exchange. I'm, my mind is it's still blown. I think that shirt that I got in the mail maybe was like mislabeled or something. It doesn't make any sense. It still doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, that's weird. Um, well, my trifling uh, in an NYC uh, event also involves uh, uh, upper body wear. Oh, I will say not not a shirt, but a jacket. And this is pretty minor. I was actually this 
Trifling in NYC happens to take place in New Jersey. Actually, I was <laughs> um, <laughs> I was visiting a friend uh, to watch a football game on Saturday, and a uh, football game went late. It was the Ohio State game, of course, That's and right. so he lives in the suburbs, but relatively close to um, an NJ Transit uh, train line. So, you know, out there, like. You know the the tr- first of all on the weekend. First of all, the I don't know what goes on with NJ Transit. It's really complex. Now, granted, I don't live there. If I did, I would understand it now. But there's all kinds of rigmarole uh, to, that goes into it. So anyway, he was like, "You can um, uh, the last train is that leaves at twelve midnight, basically, and that'll take you to um, Hoboken." And you can grab the path train from there. Ooh. And I was like, all right, yeah, that's not bad. It's the path will get me in lower Manhattan. I can I can get home from there. So take the train. Uh, that comes on time. Uh, get to Hoboken. It's probably like 30 minutes on the train. Oh, okay. Not like you, Yeah. I mean, he lives, lives sort of deep in into Jersey, but... Um, had a good time. You know, I go out there maybe once a year or so, just hang out with him. But, uh, yeah, so we get to Hoboken, and of course, I just missed the path mm. uh, that's going into the city, and at this at this point, it's probably 12.30 a.m., and, like, I, so when I got to where, to, where you go to buy the ticket, um, I glance at the board that has the train times, and I see a train sitting there with the doors open, and I just saw, like, one minute till uh till it leaves and so i'm scrambling like oh i think i could do this just get up to get a pass in one minute yeah and um i was i was even debating just jumping over the thing and running on oh but (laughs) but there was a um like uh uh station cop uh that was right there so Yeah. yeah that wasn't gonna happen so went to the machine um i was like okay cash is probably gonna be quicker because I don't know, like if it has to like, and actually on the way in, when I got my ticket uh, on the way into Jersey, also on the path, I used my credit card at the machine and it was taking like a really long time to process. So uh. I'm like, okay, let me use cash. It's $3. Of course, I only have crumpled up bills yep. that are all like soggy and <laughs> janky because I don't have a wallet. I just keep them in my pocket. Anyway, I actually was able to scramble get the card slide it through and just get my hands in the door of the train as it was closing and i was like oh sweet uh this one goes to new york right and i just asking the the people sitting on the train i was like this goes to new york right they're like no 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 get off get off if you're going to new york get off and i was like oh shit so i had to back off and yeah i misread the earlier board it was was going just deeper into jersey so anyway, the cop saw all this and I was just, uh, I just kind of went up to him and I was like, um, Hey, so, so that's not the train going into the city. He's like, no, no, this one going to the city just left. So you got to wait. And I looked up, it was like 15 minutes. Oh, that's not terrible. It's not for like, especially for like 1230 midnight and yeah. you know, it was Halloween. So I don't know if that was part of it. Um, or Hollywood weekend. But anyway, so then he's like, 
he, he says this to me, like I have my earbuds in, but I'm not, I, I'm not listening to anything. And so he says something, I didn't quite hear him. And so I pull my ear, earbuds out and he's like, he said something like, yeah, like, like, you know, screw you guys too, by the way. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. <laughs> screw you guys, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I had to take my earbuds out because I think he said it, and I was like, what? "He, there's no way he said that." It was, it might not have been exactly that. Actually, I think it was like it was basically like in effect, "Screw you guys!" It's sort of pointing it. He was sort of like even tapping my jacket, and um, I was like, "What?" And I, I initially thought he meant like New Yorkers generally. Yeah. Like he was, it, he wasn't being threatening. It was he was kind of joke. I could tell he was joking around about whatever he was saying. But then he's like, I'm like, what? And then he taps on this logo that I have on my jacket. And it's a Lower East Side clothing company uh, makes, uh, you know, hats and like shirts. And a lot of what they do is parodies of existing logos, um, but that incorporate the letters L-E-S in them somehow. So I have a jacket that has, they do a parody of the NFL's logo but they have LES. And if you don't look at it closely, you'll just think it's an NFL logo. So I had that. And then I also had a hat that said LES on it. That was like black and white and the jacket's black. So he assumed that I was going as a, for Halloween, I was going as an NFL ref. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And my, my pants were black too. Ah. So I was like, Oh yeah, this would kind of work. But, but then I was like, wait so what what's the issue with nfl refs <laughs> and he's like i guess he was referring to the previous weekend in just nfl games and like referees getting calls wrong and shit i guess he's a big nfl fan and he's yeah, just i don't like, remember th- anything so that is what he is referring but, yeah. to like he was okay. <laughs> so there's a lot of assumed knowledge that he had for me that i just didn't have any part of and i i was <laughs> i mean Screw i don't know you guys yeah like, oh. if a cop it's like comes up really close to you, taps you, and is like, "Screw you guys!" Um, yeah, you're gonna be, you know, on notice at least. Um, so anyway, yeah. And then at that point, I was like, "Oh!" I was like, "No, no, no! This I just have. I've had these for years. I'm just this is just what I dress like." And then, <laughs> and then we were sort of chatting a, a little bit, and we as we were walking, just sort of walking down the platform, and randomly on one of the chairs that they have there, someone had left their wallet. Mm. Um, I guess someone who got on the, got on the New York city train just before. So, Damn. so yeah, it was just wallet. And I, I happened to glance at it. I was like, Oh, and I just pointed it, pointed at it to the, to him. And I was like, and it's like, Oh, you are, you, you should probably take this. Right. And he's like, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, yeah, we're required to, and he explained like the rules of like, I guess it's basically just, they keep it in lost and found, but he's like, yeah, we have like tons of stuff in the lost and found because people always, they don't realize where they lost it. Mm-hmm. And we're, but we're actually not, even though the guy's driver's license was in it, you could, we could see it just, just looking at it. Um, uh, he's like, we're not allowed to mail it to them. Um, so people, he's like, yeah, people forget that they lost it here. There is a lost and found and this will go there. But he's probably no. He's probably just that's a loss for him. So damn. 
Yeah, I was learning why, you know, just, just, things are different in Jersey, I <laughs> I found. Yeah, yeah, they got people saying, screw you. But they helped you. I'm glad that the people on the train helped you out, man. If they, yeah. you would have gone the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, because that, and that that's actually happened to me before late night where I was just like really out of it. And like, it was like one stop into the city, but I got on the wrong one and I went all the way out to Newark. <laughs> like took like which is like 20 minutes and then there and then yeah it was a nightmare so yeah kudos to um the train passengers um i guess a minor kudos to the cop um it was kind of funny but uh and he was cool anyway so so yeah any any questions or Thoughts? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. Did you see any good costumes that night? I feel like there were, I saw a lot of people dressed up yesterday, but I figured there must have been parties on Saturday too. Oh, definitely. Um, you know, the only one, because yeah, because I had to get out at Christopher Street and then walk through the West yeah. Village uh, to the subway. So I, I saw a bunch of costumes, but the only one that stood out and that I'm remembering now was um, someone dressed as Waluigi. What? <laughs> so you know, there's Mar- Super Mario, right? Yeah. And then wait, wait, his, that's like the I know War- counterpart. Wa- Wario, 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 Wario. Yeah. Yeah. So there's also a, a Waluigi, who's, I mean, the naming convention doesn't exactly track with Wario, but no, um, I don't know what I would have chosen for Luigi, like Woo Luigi. I don't. I guess. Yeah, Luigi seems all right. Wu Weiji, <laughs> maybe. There's some copyright issues with the Wu Tang Clan potentially that they yeah. wanted to avoid. So yeah, Waluigi. Waluigi. No, I don't like it. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we can move on to the main event. Uh, succession. Succession. I'm talking about that session. It's a little song I do. Um, nice. I like but that. yeah, so we can cover episodes two and three. Uh, episode three aired last night. Um, but two we have not covered, so let's get into it. Uh, you know, as as I'm thinking back, even though I took notes, the only thing I can really recall about this was the stuff happening at um, at uh, Kendall's war room, where the siblings got together, and he and they and they were basically, well, basically Kendall was trying to get them to come over to his side. Yeah, I mean that was I wrote some stuff down, but that was probably the biggest part of it, um, except for. I just forgot her name. Marsha? Marsha. Marsha. When she came through at the end, she said, yeah, right? When she was like, I'll do it, mm-hmm. but I have some terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wrote Marsha playing hardball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we could, I mean, we could start at the beginning because it did start, I mean, early on there was stuff with Greg where he's, the show is sort of building him into uh, a pretty important linchpin he is and now. all the yeah all the wheelings dealings that are going on it and it was interesting that so basically a waystar royco lawyer showed up at his door 
right? And was trying to convince him to, or was it, was this episode one? No, this was episode two, right? I think it was episode two. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have Greg talking to a law student for advice, and then that right. was when the real <laughs> lawyer came in. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw someone online that was commenting on this episode that said like, "Yo, did Greg really just get a Tinder date? Who's a lawyer to come over <laughs> just so he could ask like a law, like a and the closest he could get is a law student." <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good because that's what it sounds like. It did seem like that. I was like, is this his girlfriend? We've never seen her before. But yeah, like that skeevy Waystar lawyer who was trying to pressure him into agreeing to. Oh, yeah. Like, I, didn't like I felt that. bad for. I didn't like that guy. And I felt bad for Greg because he's he's such a nice guy. He t- still technically works for Waystar Roy Coy, technically, even though they know he's aligned or they, or they think he's aligned with Kendall. Um, they want to, yeah, it's so, I mean, it's clear that they want him, they want to get him in, sign him up with their lawyers so they can get all all kinds of dirt on Kendall and maybe even go in, have him go in as a double agent or something. I don't know, but yeah, I don't, I I guess the idea is like just to get as many people on their side as possible. Right. And then like maybe manipulate Greg, but yeah, I mean, and in that interaction greg did reveal that kendall has offered to get him a lawyer too which Mm -hmm. you know presents the same it does but it presents the same challenges just i mean he's torn between the two sides i mean i I don't know does it do you think he seems like he's leaning one way or the other or i mean i guess we saw him go to i mean we see yeah we see the result at the end but i guess before that like take the uncle you and stuff out like where do you think he would have wound up if he had to choose? I think he probably would have went Kendall in the end. Why do you um, think if he just had to go between the two of them? Because I think he he felt like <clears throat> he was being so awkward with that lawyer and feeling really weird. But in I think in the end of things, like he is too far aligned with Kendall, and he doesn't want to seem he doesn't want to go down with the Waystar ship either. Um, right. That's for sure. He doesn't want to seem like he's, he by agreeing with them that like he's on their team by taking that lawyer. So I think he would like, if it was just between those two, he would have gone with Kendall, but yeah, I like how he did end up just going with his independent choice, which is kind of like this weird eccentric lawyer. But um, yeah, I mean, and I, I mix, we might as well just, tease this out, um, even though it did come at the end of the episode. But yeah, he went to check in with Uncle Ewan, which I did think was a good idea initially. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I gotta say, I oh, I didn't really like this lawyer that he, that Uncle Ewan recommended. No. Because it's clear that they have their own agenda where they want to, I think, I think they even said, we're going to use this case as a wedge to bring down capitalism. <laughs> Which yeah. <laughs> that's not like it's. I don't. I don't think that they would be above using Greg as a sacrificial lamb in that case, and, and because I could totally see Uncle Ewan be like, like Greg being like, "Wait, I'm going to jail," and Uncle okay. Ewan saying, yeah. "Well, you know, it's necessary uh, payment for uh, one step, one step towards bringing down capitalism." Like, what? Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, he would say some shit like that. Um. 
I did. Yeah, I did. I thought it was funny how Greg did have to mention. He's like, oh, that's all well and good. But like, you know, I'm really worried about protecting myself here. <laughs> My primary concern is protecting myself, right? Right? We're, exactly. we're all in agreement. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You know, once capitalism is eradicated, you'll be, we'll all be totally fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. So what's the timeline on that? Um, <laughs> but Greg. yeah, like they definitely, I mean, that lawyer, um, and I don't know if you caught this, but that's, so that's Peter Reigert playing that. No, that I did role. not catch that. Who is that? Who's Peter Reigert? So he's, I mean, you've definitely seen him. He's a, like a character actor. He was in uh, Animal House. He's in a couple Sopranos episodes. Um, I believe he's in Ghostbusters. Oh, I don't know. You'd know him if you saw, you'd recognize him if you saw. Him. But in this okay. episode, he has a big beard and his hair is long. He looks really different from what he usually looks like. Gotcha. Um, but but whatever. So, I mean, in a, jumping ahead to episode three, Greg did say that he's happy with the lawyer. So, yeah, he did say that. But he might have just been saying that so people would leave him alone. But, True. Um, yeah, but yeah. Let's, we'll, we're getting back to episode two. Um, let's see. I have here Tom Tom's argument about banking love with Shiv. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I d- I don't entirely recall that. Other than to say, like, they're doing this game where it's like. That one of them says, I love you. And then the other one has like an almost like corporate response to that. Um, yeah, it's so strange. It's definitely very, it feels like there's a lot of tension just in their relationship. I get that they're both under a lot of stress given what's going on, but um, yeah, I mean that, that develops, maybe we can table the Tom and Shiv stuff until episode three, but um I mean, unless you had any thoughts for the, I mean, there wasn't much. There wasn't much of those two. No, there there wasn't a lot of of those two. I didn't have a lot of time. Oh, she. I mean, I guess just general mistrust between the two of them. Like for that whole episode, right. she was lying about where she was. He was like, "Are you there?" She's like, "No, that's right. I'm not." But he knew she was there because Greg Greg said she was there. Greg was right. like, "Guess who's going inside?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I still don't know why Greg is still like Greg is trying to do this like weird play both sides. But he's I don't think it's gonna work out for Greg. He even does it does a little bit more in episode three, like when when Kendall he's like, "I got some information you want to know," like when. Because Kendall mm-hmm. told him he was going. Like Greg always knows where people are going to be somehow. Because I think he's just like you know, like discounted. Like people don't even acknowledge that he's there. I guess like you is know, there, he's just like, oh, it's just Greg. The, and this is something I saw online too. Is has it been one hundred percent confirmed that Greg has actually handed over the papers to Kendall? Okay. In in this one, in one of my notes for episode two, I have here they have the papers. Okay. So Greg told Kendall, I wrote down. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I, but I don't know how many they have. So does that go straight to the Kendall's lawyer then? It has to. I guess it must, yeah. And yeah. If, I mean, well, alluding again to episode three, sorry listeners, but um, 
he does say that he has some kind of immunity deal with the DOJ, um, which, damn, that's... <laughs> That is something I hope I never have to even contemplate. <laughs> Gig immunity deals with the Department of Justice. Yeah, for but, real. I mean, you know, he's in this top top dog world, so I guess it's not that out of the ordinary. I mean, I'd be lucky to get. Uh, I don't know if I could handle having an immunity deal with my the guy at my bodega. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, if I, um, I mean, I actually i I bought some. I was I bought some a sandwich and some stuff recently and and then I forgot that I wanted to get an emergency packet too. Oh. And but I'd already paid with credit card, didn't have any cash. And so the guy's like, "Yeah, yeah, just give us give me a dollar next time you come in." So he gave me the emergency. Oh, nice. So that's as close as I get to an immunity deal in my life. <laughs> And even that's, that's a little your, stressful for me. That's your immunity deal. <laughs> I mean, literally, yeah, my, my immunity system, my immune system. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so that, that's the, the main Tom and Shiv thing is they're, they're wallowing in distrust of each other, uh, which I guess is because they're both trying to game each other or both trying to save their own skins, I guess. I don't know, like where where did this distrust come from? Is it still a carryover from their conversation in Croatia at the end of season two? Maybe. Um, I th- Cause it's pretty, I mean, it's pretty deep. They're deep. I, in it. I think it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's any way out. I mean, part of it is just Shiv. Like Shiv doesn't seem to trust anybody. Like we were talking about in even episode one, like that's just, I guess how she's grown up with like even her brothers, like, not wanting to, to say everything that they know or everything that they're feeling, just sort of like keeping things. But yeah, with your husband, like, and then they're both going through this stressful, this stressful time together. I think that maybe she's even thinking that he, you know, I mean, he is, if anybody goes down, like he has to go down. If, if people go to jail, he's gotta be one of the people going to jail. He knows too much. Who, Tom? Tom, he, he knows way too much. So this like might be like part of her way of like protecting herself by by not having him know everything that she's doing or everything that she knows. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but do you, do you mean protecting herself emotionally or legally? Um, I think legally. I think I'm. Emo- emotionally i don't even know they don't even seem like they like each other anymore yeah um but tom keeps calling her and like well that was in the first one when he was like trying to tell her about the ceo stuff on the plane but they now it doesn't even seem like they're like trying to look out for each other at a certain point they were right yeah yeah that's there seems to yeah have been a pretty significant shift i mean well I, i guess it's Kendall dropping a bomb in everyone's lap, so mm-hmm. you know, I guess you know, pressure will bust a pipe. That's right, as they say. Um, <laughs> but let's, yeah, let's get into the main event of the episode, which uh, I thought was an outstanding, outstandingly written and acted. Uh, oh, there, it, there was something I saw too that I don't know if I saw this properly, but early on when Logan called uh, Shiv. 
I think it was a picture of Saddam Hussein that showed up on mm-hmm. our phone. Yes, it was. <laughs> I was like, did I see that right? I think, <laughs> I think I rewound it. Like, is that Saddam? Yeah, that was. That's the photo she. I don't even know how to set that up on an iPhone to get it where a certain photo shows up when someone calls you. Oh man, I love this. Yeah, that's. No, uh, I yeah. mean, now I'm thinking, how did he treat it? No, I don't. I don't want to go down Saddam, Saddam Hussein Alley. Yeah. Um, stay away from Saddam. Yeah. But uh yeah, so then he did. He got he got everybody there. Nobody wanted he, to say where they were going. But yeah, he did and you know it it was interesting jumping out a little bit that Shiv and Roman when they reconnected with Logan basically tried to play it off as if yeah, you know, we went in there as like basically undercover agents. Mm-hmm. But I think they were just saying that to Logan. Like they were really considering it because so ba- basically the structure of the scene is Shiv and Roman are coming in to convince Kendall to just drop this whole thing and maybe we can try to salvage something. And at the same time, Kendall's like, great, I got them here. I'm going to lay a doozy of, um, you know, a, um, what would you call it? Not a lecture or a rant, but like, I'm going to lay my case out there and I'm going to do such a great job that I'm going to win them over. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, those two things crossing paths and like that level of, you know, it, it was interesting to see the vibe go back and forth because for one thing, Ken initially seemed really manic and almost a little oh my unhinged. But, you know, I was like, oh shit, like he's having some kind of episode. But like the more he talked, like it is weird for me. And I, in even episode three, like I, I keep coming back to like, wait a minute, he, what he's advocating for is actually really good. Yes. But it's, it is sort of still undercut by like his ego and the way he's going about it and the fact that he does kind of seem unhinged. Yeah. It's, that's something I just keep going back on. So, um, back and forth on, but I don't know, like for me, it was like, he was, he eventually, as he talked more, did seem more convincing. And my read was that he did manage to, to win them over until some, uh, you know, mystery pastries show up, uh, at the end. But w- what's your overall take I, on, I the, think, on the scene? Well, there was, uh, like, there was a real funny moment where <laughs> he said, don't touch any of her shit. And then of course, Roman just starts touching stuff, <laughs> which was like Roman, so Roman petty. being Roman. Yeah. But I, you know, Roman's body language has been so weird this whole season. Hmm. I, How so? Like, he has just been like really like tight and almost like, um, uh, like, balled up a lot if that makes sense mm-hmm. I, I guess like i don't know if you were reading it as like a body language expert i guess like being really guarded um it does seem himself. like he's folding his arms and kind of leaning against stuff a lot yeah he's just and not looking people in the eyes no not at all like even on doing these things it's like he doesn't look at people he makes his snide remarks not even even with those he's not even like looking at people like right. it's yeah it's 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sure it's intentional, but I don't know what is what's going on there. But something's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought he had them until like this is their problem because they all think that they should be in charge and they couldn't decide who should yeah, take yeah. over. And because they all wanted to be them, except for Connor. Um, and then the donuts just tipped it over the edge. But yeah, as soon as Kendall started saying it should be him. Then he lost everybody. Yeah, and that and you're 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 definitely right. I guess I would sort like my thing was like, why is this a, such a problem for for Shiv and Roman? I don't because I don't know. Roman. I, I still don't. Maybe and maybe I'm viewing this as and maybe I am critiquing the story and the writing a little bit in this that that Roman. Like I just don't buy that Roman actually wants this, and I don't get, or I just don't get why he wants to be CEO. I do get Shiv, but even still, like I thought Kendall made a pretty um, compelling case for him to be CEO, and I think he even mentioned that it could be a temporary thing, but at least initially it would be him. He is the face of this whole mission, anyway. Like, why? I I get that that's for them. It's sort of like an ego. They're sort of like it's an ego hit sort of butt hurt and but i don't think they're thinking this through rationally which i get mm-hmm. them, of course emotions are tied up but yeah i don't know like what's why did that I, I guess i didn't get why that was the tipping point of of all of this like it's going to be a very difficult process you need know. someone who's competent i i feel i think it all goes to shit when it's I think right now it's between Roman and Shiv is the, well, it's like between Roman and Shiv and, and Shiv and Kendall. Uh, I think that Roman would have gone along with it. If Kendall was like, yeah, it'll be me temporarily. And then I'll pass it on to you once, you know, everything with the board is settled and, and things are sort of more stable, then I'll, then I'll step away. But um, I think, when Shiv says that she wants to be in charge, then like that, like that just like activates Roman's ego. And he's like, no, it's like, if it's, it can't be you. Like it has to be like, I don't know. Do for think, some reason for think, him. He, yeah. Do you think Jerry is his affection for Jerry is playing a role in that? In what you're Maybe. saying? That's, that's true. I never thought about that one either. Yeah. That could, that could be part of it. And I think, well, I think his position of where he is with Jerry and even like he was a little, you know, I, I don't even know how to describe it, a little Roman like with Jerry even like, oh, okay, you're in charge, right? <laughs> That's a good impression. <laughs> but but even with that, I think that she would have more confidence like doing it for a couple of years or so and then passing it on to Roman. But yeah, like Shiv just... I don't know. I think people are are scared because Shiv's never been around, and she does really like seem like she wants to just come in and reset things. But who knows if that's real? Who knows if she'd even be able to do anything like that? You know? Yeah, and and also to sort of related to that, you know, when Connor Connor actually was seemed really mature in in this mm-hmm. scene, more, more so than he has maybe at any other point in the show. But, you know, when he says, you know, we all knew 
And yes. it yes. was interesting that Shiv tried to pull back and sort of be defensive. And she did have a point where they're like, oh, come on. You knew about guy, dad's guy, dad's friends, you know, Mo, you know, you would never be, you know, you never went in the pool when they were in the pool. And, but she had a good point where she was like, yeah, like a 15 year old going to a pool with a bunch of guys in their fifties. Well, no, of course not. But I do think she was kind of, I didn't think she expected to be called out in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, there, there were some, you know, there, there are some gender dynamics at play here too, because maybe she was sort of being like, well, no one would ever accuse me of like, um, of knowing and being complicit because I'm a woman, but that's a mm. bit, that's a bit too much of a simplistic take, which she should know better. But then, you know, at the very end, when Kendall's ranking everybody out, insulting everyone, he goes, he makes it very gendered and sexualized. Yes, um, he does. Sex, sex meaning male, female, not necessarily intercourse. But, and just, just to, I mean, he was very angry. He just wanted to hurt her as much as he could. And so he went that down that road, but it was particularly gendered. And like, that's got to be extremely aggravating for her because she probably gets it a lot. And so I, I got her saying like, fuck off, fuck you and her, but like the other two, like Connor, really? Like, did you, you weren't really going to be like, Kendall is kind of right. You are kind of irrelevant, but we weren't going to be malicious. Like you could still kind of help. Like, why do you like care? But I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's an, it is an interesting dynamic that, that this show is so great at setting up all these levels, you know? Yeah, I, I, <clears throat> that's true. I forgot about that aspect of the conversation where everybody was like, okay, yeah, we did know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's still, honestly, I am, every episode, I am still blown away by the fact that Kendall like still wants to be in charge and really, like, there's no way he ends up in charge and really thinks he's going to be in charge in the end. Mm-hmm. That's there's well, no that's way because he's all over these documents as well. You th- like, okay? You think he is? Have they indicated I think that? So. I, I, mean, I mean, he did have a really high up role. I, I mean, we see in the yes. very first episode that he of, of the first season that he's yeah he has a pretty high up role in the company. It makes sense. So it seems likely that yeah he is probably all over these. But that's why the immunity deal comes into play. You know? Yeah, and and it's true. Like I don't know how much they have even because supposedly Tom and Greg destroyed <laughs> destroyed most of it. So that's my other question. It's like what what do they really have? Yeah, I hope that comes out because it it is sort of like these papers that Greg has about horrible shit have kind of been used as just you know as far as we know, just sort of a blunt. Weapon. We know it's some kind of weapon. We don't know what kind. Mm-hmm. Is it a scalpel? Is it a flamethrower? Is it, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know, a katana? So, oh, that's a very precise weapon. Right yes, there. very preci- precision. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so I guess we we should just hit mention the, the effectiveness of the donuts before we move on to episode, episode mm. three. Yeah. But every, man. Every, every, everyone was like, nope, I'm out, I'm out, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no. Donuts? No. Connor's like falling over himself to get his coat, putting it on backwards out the door. (laughs) 
but yeah, man, and that oh, that was man. excellent writing to like have that come in. It's just a little thing, just a little message from Dad that like, yeah, I'm watching all of you. Mm-hmm. Like just a box of donuts from Dad, and everything falls apart just completely, and in a matter of ninety yeah. seconds. It's just like, yeah, I'm here. I know what you guys are doing. Know what you're up to. And then they had to go back and sell their excuses. Oh, I was I was there trying to see what he had, you know? I was trying to figure out his strategy yes. to go against us. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right. That's probably why like they know that he's watching. That's probably why what pushed them to be like you know, I was just there to as your as your secret agent, Dad. Like mm-hmm. you know, we talked about that. Yeah. Right? I I mean they're they're I would say that they're all in it. I don't know. Connor confuses me, but the other three are in it to get, you know, for their own gain, I would say. Um, And if I had to rank them, I feel like Shiv is out for herself the most out of, Mm -hmm. out of the three. Kendall like delusionally thinks like he's doing like really great things and these good things. And he, he has this idea of why he's doing it, but really why he's doing it is just so we can be in charge in the end. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. he didn't want to go to jail, which makes sense, which is fine. That's a fine reason. You know, like, yeah, I I said it because I didn't want to take the fall for it. Like I have no problem with that one, but don't try to, you know, then try to flip it later, try to make it bigger like for right. other people it was just for it was just for himself um yeah. and roman roman's a little trickier like like you said like sometimes i think he wants to be in charge but other times i think he doesn't like i don't know sometimes i'm just like why is he even doing any of this why isn't he just like hanging out and living a, a kickback relaxing life connor style you know yeah oh yeah he could totally have party boy lifestyle that seems like yeah. he would really enjoy. Um, yeah. And I think like I've been sort of spot watching different episodes from the first two seasons and yeah, it seems like he was uh, higher up at like their film division for a while, like oh, getting right. movies green lighted greenlit, and, and stuff like that seems way more. What was that holiday movie he hated? It's oh, called, man. um, it's called. Oh, I just watched this episode. Something. No, it was like the little turkey that could, or something like oh, that. Oh, the turkey! Yes, the turkey. Man. Turkey time, maybe. I don't it know. It was something with a turkey. It was something and stupid. He hated that. Yeah, something where he lost, and then the turkey made like money on top of money, and they were like, "Yeah, you out of here now." <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let's move on to episode three, where we learn about, uh, I guess, first note I have is about the immunity deal with the DOJ. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting. We see a lot of um, uh, Kendall hanging out with, um, who's that Pierce daughter? Is her name Lola? No. I, I don't remember her name, but I know who you're talking oh, about. Jeez, Naomi, right? Yep. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is, you know, most, this, I guess the overall crux of this episode is, is spin, like both, both sides trying to try their best to spin this in the press or, or spin it through connections that they have here and there. Um, I guess to, to present, 
to the public, uh, their, their side, their view that their view is correct, that the other person is being on unre- other side is being unreasonable. I guess that's right. very broad strokes, but, um, yeah, I mean, we got to say like, if we just f- focus on Kendall, uh, first, like I was like, man, he's, I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist, but he is almost certainly having a manic episode. Yeah, he he is getting hard to watch. For me, I'm like, man, I, Why? every all these scenes, they're like so uncomfortable. He he looks definitely like he's having a manic episode. Like he wants everything to be like it's okay and like laugh at everything. But cl- like that good tweet, bad tweet tweet thing oh. like everything he does is so cringeworthy now I'm like yes. damn Kendall like like you were like you know half cringe half good stuff before but now everything is like cringeworthy <laughs> it's like man I, like he's just hard for me to watch now yeah but I, I, you know, I, still I like mean that him. bad the bad yeah. tweet good tweet scene I was like first of all this is not a thing how is this a thing like what what are you doing it's not a thing and and he had his PR person with him it seems Mm -hmm. like like they've just completely given up on saying no to him uh which is like then it's then like what's the point of even having them if he's doing he's driving everything but yeah I mean I will say Jeremy Strong you know the the act the the emotion and like the layer, like the layer behind the mask that you can see him convey just with a few facial ticks and like you know eye oh, yeah. is, is really masterful. That's a great point. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm enjoying just like taking in his his acting talent uh, in pretty much everything, he, as even as cringe as it is. Like I love watching him, like because he is truly operating at like the top of top tier. Um. Uh, acting in a, in a in a very very juicy role, um, but yeah, we see, I mean we see him, you know, doing this gala event, uh, going on this Samantha B style or or I guess maybe the Daily Show style talk show, um, that he thinks is is going to be a, a good idea because the this this person. The host criticized him a couple times online. Yeah, he's like, "Turn it up! I I love it! I love it! Let's watch all this together!" And then everyone gets just gets like real uncomfortable as she starts with the insults and the good. They were good jokes. I liked. They were. I mean, it's it's almost like it like it feels like he's like a high one of the high school like in high school like there's cliques where it's mostly kind of like assholes and jocks, but then there's like some nerdy kid in it. And they all just abuse him, but he he puts up with it and laughs because that's he, that means he's still in the group, even though they yeah. clearly don't like him and are just have him around as a pincushion. Like I, mean, I got those vibes. I got those vibes from Kendall. But the thing is, he's driving all of it for some reason. Yes. Like no yeah, one wants it's to. Not, it's not him. coming from anywhere else. He's like, oh yeah, let's let's turn this up, stop the party, and watch this. He has so many people around him that want to help him, and he's just making everything so much more difficult for them and for himself. Ultimately, he he really is. I just don't. I think he. <clears throat> I don't know. I think it's like sort of like that thing that you're saying with the kid in the group that gets teased but it's Mm -hmm. also like i guess 
I guess some comedians do like they like this. Like it's, I guess it's a form of comedy too. Like if he's mm. the one driving him, like the teasing of himself, then it's okay for him. You know, like it doesn't yeah. feel as bad if like if he's pointing it out. Self-deprecating humor. Yeah. Damn. I, how'd I miss that one? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you definitely fa- <laughs> heard of that term before, but yeah, it, it is. <laughs> It is very specific for, but, but yeah, I mean, just and not even in stand-up comedy. Yeah, there is a genre of stand-up comedy that's about that. But yeah, it's like, and you know, there is some psychological value to that to it. Like there is, if if I show people that, you know, like you know, like Larry David talking about being bald all the time on Curb Your mm-hmm. Enthusiasm, like. <laughs> Although he plays it off slightly different, I don't know. Maybe that's not a perfect analogy, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's it has been sad to see, and you know, I, if we jump to the very last scene, you know, where he backs out of the interview at the last minute and goes to hide in the control panel room or whatever the server room. Um, I thought he was about to be on like some James Bond mission, Mission Impossible. Start like unplugging things or like oh. <laughs> cross the wires, or maybe just like have a freak out and start smashing stuff. Like I was like, what oh, is he gonna do? That in didn't here? even occur to me. I mean, my first thought was definitely. Well, my first thought was like, oh, he's trying to find the exit. He's just gonna walk out the building. That's what I thought too. Right? I was like, oh, but then he like went out to the server room, right and I knew he was gonna start crying or something. I didn't, th- but yeah. Oh, if he had started, like, just pulling wires out or something, that would have been hilarious. Uh, I was half expecting that, but then he just sat down. But wait a second. There was something before that. What happened with – because there was a letter, right? So, yeah. So, Ken – and Ken sort of precipitated this letter. So, so Ken thought it would be good, again, for perception, to go to the office. Oh, yes. And – interrupt the employee uh, the, the the what would you call it the their town hall they, they the were town hall, their yes. town hall yeah. the employee town hall and to sort of one up them and then he actually really did sort of cleverly um just kind of ruin it by playing um this nirvana song called rape me uh yeah. very loudly on very big speakers while she was trying to talk which I mean, it had its intended effect of making the whole thing mm-hmm. a shit show. Uh, I d- I was never clear. Was it was it shown how he got those big speakers in? Because it looked like when Shiv went back to his office, there were a bunch of big boxes that they had just come in. Yeah. So he just um, had them delivered. Remember, I guess. Yeah, he had. Remember, he sent his body man, whatever that big guy's name was. Remy. He's like, okay, I'm I'm gonna send this. Yeah, Remy. Like, I'll I'll drop you a shopping list, but I need you to go pick up some things. And so I guess uh, it was just okay. the speakers. I missed that. Yeah, by. I missed that part. Yeah. Okay, you're right. Um, um I, I yes. did like intimidating ass Carl coming in that room, Ooh. just standing, and then getting an inch from his face, talking about what did he say? I see you, or I know who you are. <laughs> He said, and, "I." He said, "I know you." Yeah, yeah, I know, man. Ken looked like he was did, about did to s- piss his pants. Like, did you see his body just drop? Like his yes. shoulders. He went back to being. Well, he went back to being a bullied twelve-year-old right then and there. With yeah, he went like, back to the beginning of season two. Ken, who was just absolutely. Like, mm. 
it is interesting. I mean, you know, we've talked, or I've, we've talked about this and I've, I have some other friends who watch the show as well. I've been talking to, and a lot of, like, I don't, a lot of people think what I'm about to say, I don't necessarily agree with it, but a lot of people think that there's no way that Logan can ever really deploy that because he would also have to talk about the cover up, which would implicate yes. him. I, I, I feel the same. Yeah. I don't really, I guess I don't agree because I feel like there's probably a way to deploy that info through, you know, one of the tabloids he controls or the TV shows. And then to just have more spin, just saying, Oh, you know, we're in a foreign country. If the cops did the bad job, if the cop, like, I feel there are ways he can play it off the cover. Mm, there or do you think Kendall's going to be like, well, you know what? Fuck it. They covered it up and he's just going to go full. Like, how is he going to prove that? I he think he prove. would. I think it would just say that they actually covered it up. I mean, they could go back. I don't remember all the details of the cover up. Um, yeah, I actually don't remember the details at all. But they were just like, "This is what you're going to do," and then they just told him what to do. But uh, I don't know. I think at a certain point, he could do it. That's a good point with the like through covert means, like through the tabloids and through other things, just sort of had that out there. He was spreading some other rumors about Kendall before. He was, yep. Um, yeah, he did that in the article. And I'm, well, so, okay, so Logan's big fixer dude, is he named Carl? Because I thought I the other guy so. was Carl. Wait, who's Carl? Is the Wait, guy what guy who, do you think is Carl? Oh, the guy yeah, who that guy is him. Carl, but who's the, who's the, the, the bean so, dude then? So the fixer dude might also be Carl. I thought he was something similar to Carl. Maybe I think the other guy definitely is Carl. You're right. right. Um, fixer let's, dude. Well, is let's just call something him something like that. Yeah. Um, people know who we're talking about, but yeah, in in season two, episode one, there is a very brief scene where Carl pulls Kendall aside, and he basically says that, um, you know, the cops like our. He's like our people got there first. Uh, they f- did find a missing key card, um, which would be Kendall's. Um, but they were able to sort of clean up the scene before the police arrived. Uh, we then coordinated with the police and, or, or not coordinated, but basically checked in with them and were like, and the police's determination was that it was an accident. It was an accident by misadventure because they found drugs in his system, I guess. And right. that's where they left it. And and so, you know, who knows if that's really how it went down. You know, who and who knows what they could spit. Like that like this fixer dude seems like he could probably make anything happen if they really wanted yeah. to. Yeah. <clears throat> um But anyway, um let's let's get on to some other stuff. I mean, I guess we can talk about Tom uh and Shiv because Interestingly, Tom has sort of volunteered. He said that he's talked to a lawyer and he said, there's no way I'm not going to jail over this. So why don't I ingratiate myself with Logan and also Shiv to a degree in order to get some, I guess, brownie points from them? Uh, I don't know. What what was your read on why he was volunteering to take the hit? Um, I, I guess that was it. Try to get some brownie points and like towards... 
to be paid off in the future, right? Basically, mm-hmm. if he takes a little bit more of the blame, maybe he eats the, a couple of charges that were would have gone Logan's way. He goes to jail. He does the time and comes out, and he's sort of set up. However, like, I don't know what reason he he has to think that he wouldn't be set up when he comes out anyway, as long as he's still married to Shiv. You know? Yeah, and it's yeah. That's that is a good point. <laughs> Presumably, <laughs> my wife should support me. You know, after any, you know, he had the expectation that he would only do a year, which I mean, a year, a day in jail is awful, but uh, I guess it could be worse. But yeah, I mean, he. I guess I mean the thing is, like, if it comes down to it, yeah, he does know shit, and he could talk a lot of shit and but they're gonna threaten him anyway from yeah. doing that and i think they'll probably be successful so my read on it actually is okay actually let me see i, I read some it. stuff i read some stuff online so this isn't mine i will get to okay. mine but it was basically that he was kind of testing he was testing them first testing shiv to see would she really allow me to be thrown overboard like that and... I, I saw that. I was thinking partially that I didn't like her reaction because her mm-hmm. face was full of shit. And when mm-hmm. she was like, oh, no, really? No. But then she's like, um, actually, it is a good idea. And she <laughs> wanted to say it was a good idea from the beginning. Your Roman impression is definitely better than your Shiv impression. I know. I got to work on it. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, yeah, so that it, basically that he was testing them, like, and he was like, damn, they really would just let me go over. So that's why I'm now going to the DOJ and getting my own immunity deal. So that's, I mean, the, I don't that's know. the online read. My like read. The, the Shiv test, I believe. But Logan mm-hmm. test, like, he has to know Logan will throw anybody away as long as he can be fine. Yeah, true. My read, and I haven't seen this anywhere, is that Tom was pulling the old uh, Greg... Uh, trick of recording them with his uh, iPhone in his pocket because you'll know like when he was talking to Logan oh, he, wow. he leaned in really close to Logan while he they were having that little conversation now Logan didn't necessarily say anything incriminating then but if he starts getting the ball rolling on this and it and it didn't show explicitly um, I mean, after Tom had this conversation with Logan, he did go back to his office. He did pull out his phone right away, but he it it uh, he made a phone Called call to lawyer, a law firm. Right? Yeah. yeah, but the camera wasn't on what the screen of the phone had on before he made that call. And I think it's possible that he was actually. I mean, you know, okay, I'm done recording. Turn that off. Call my lawyer. I don't know. What do you think? What about um? It's definitely just a theory. It's definitely not made explicit. In, it's not in the terrible. Show. I mean, I, I think it, I think it could work. I mean, uh, it was a good attempt for, for Logan, but Logan generally doesn't say anything to anybody. Like he's pretty good at just giving those like, mm, uh huh, okay, he is. Mm. Yeah. you would do that, huh? You would. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's not a it's. You know what? I think it's worth it. Yeah, it sounds like something that Tom would try to do. I mean, it's yeah. it's within that character to try and do some some funny business like that. Hmm. Um, 
Let's see. So we had that. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I guess sh- shortly. Okay, so sort of uh, left this part out. So we had Ken trashing the town hall meeting, and then we have Siobhan writing this letter. Yes. Basically decimating his character and talking about all his personal business. Not with as many specifics as I expected there to be, but damaging enough. Uh, and and then him basically going yeah. in uh, to the server room and crying. But then the raid, the FBI raid happening, and that then domi- taking over and presumably dominating the news cycle. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy that, and and the the raid happened right after Tom made that phone call. Um, so I don't know if the two things are linked. Maybe Kendall had some pl- play in that. If I mean, if he's got the immunity deal, okay. he's working with. I mean, the they DOJ. they were trying to link it. I think in the show to him talking to that White House staffer. I don't remember her exact role in the White House. Right, but oh, that when Logan tried to get her to talk to the president you think in retaliation yeah. they just expedited the raid maybe and it could have probably <clears throat> it also could have something to him just like and this is something i really don't know anything about but just like refusing to accept the subpoenas which i didn't know was even an option um like you just <laughs> yeah you know it's funny i worked one of my first jobs uh in the city was actually in in the legal department of uh, a big big corporation and yeah part of my jobs was to go accept service for for subpoenas or legal paperwork you know it would happen like maybe once a month or so it's no big deal um but yeah like some official person Sometimes a cop, sometimes uh, like a courier um, would come to the security desk. They would call up and you would have to go down and sign, sign it in. Like, yeah, but there was never a thought like there was because, okay, so I worked for a lo- like one of the top lawyers. I don't even know that yeah. I would even go tell them. Like, it's not like, a, like there was no question that you would accept it. Like it wasn't yeah. even a part of the process that I would, I would get a phone call Oh, there's service. Okay. And then I would just go. Like, it's not like I would run it by my lawyer like or my boss. Is it okay to go? It was just known that you had to go. So, That's what I always thought, too. Yeah. So, Logan being like, like, yeah, he, like, I knew, like, he was inviting this, this raid. Like, it's, this is, this is, a, this is not some rinky dink case anymore, dude. Like, <laughs> this is international intrigue. <laughs> And then, like, even then, he didn't want to let him. And he's like, can we block him? Can we keep him from coming upstairs? Yeah. Man, you've got, like, 20 FBI agents downstairs. What are you going to do? I get that he's, like, distracted by a lot of shit. But, like, you got to prioritize and triage stuff a little better, dude. Yeah. Man, that was... Oh, man. But it was quite an exciting way. Like, (laughs) exciting way to end it. I did like how... Roman and Connor, man, I was glad they didn't buckle and sign the letter. Both yeah. of them d- decided against it. Yeah, Shiv was going balls out because she was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little surprised that she would even ask. I mean, I guess she's right that it does sound stronger coming from all three, but... Uh, True. Yeah, she should... I mean, there's no way Connor is going to get involved in that. 
man, Connor. Yeah, like Roman just wants to stay out of it. But yeah, I don't know if she was really thinking they would sign. I guess it was worth a shot. But um, yeah, that yeah, that letter. Like, I wonder. It's it's. I guess it is sort of strategic, but it does also just seem like sour grapes and lashing uh-huh. out emotionally. Like it's it's not calculated. Like it, this could. I get that like him crashing the town hall was pretty bad as well, but this could start like a wildfire, you know, who knows what, what direction doing something like that is with, with someone like Kendall, like, okay, you make him, you, your goal is to just completely demoralize him, but alternately this could energize him. And it could. I don't know if you noticed, but in the very, very last shot, he has a little bit of a grin just like Logan did at the end of uh, season two. Um, He's sitting on the floor in the server room. (laughs) Just sitting on the floor in the server room. What a weird setup. But I thought he was, um, you know what? You're right. You're right. Because he was looking at on his phone at the footage of the raid happening. Yeah. He was happy about it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, in the end, the letter might not even matter. I mean, the timing of it, it's clearly going to be overshadowed shadowed by the FBI raid. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, he did have a little smirk on his face in the dark. I wonder what, like, how, do you, how is he going to leave there? You know, like, whatever. <laughs> I was wondering that, too. He's going to have to look around a little bit, poke his head out. Oh. Man. Act like he was lost. If anyone sees him, he's going to have to act like he was lost. He's like, oh, I've been wandering around for the last 30 minutes. Where am I supposed to be? Have they started recording yet? Oh, they didn't finish the show, did they? Oh, I'll come back tomorrow. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, did, did you have any other notes or anything? No, the only other, it was just like, you know, he does. He does that, you know, Kendall was just being too much even at the show. Oh, I know the writers. I'm just going to find them. Then he finds oh, the writers. Yeah. I got some jokes for you guys. And it's like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> get out of here. Um, just go away. I mean, for one thing, I think that writers on those shows, they get approached by guests or guest representatives all the time. So they know how to kind of pawn them off or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um and you know the eye roll thing like yeah like there's no way that anyone in charge is gonna i mean kendall's one of the most powerful people they probably had on that show and they still blew him off so um yeah that was that was kind of funny that almost feels like the writers of this show who some of whom probably have experience at talk shows oh yeah that's including like a like an anecdote from 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 their career um but yeah, yeah. I mean, this this show definitely knows how to end an episode on a cliffhanger. Yeah, this is exciting episode. And then you saw I watched like the brief preview. Their previews like on next week are like really nothing. But um, uh, damn, I just forgot his I just forgot his name. Adrian. Adrian's uh, no, up. Don't in tell there. me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. That's all. That's all I'll say is Adrian Brody makes his first appearance. Okay, I I did know that he was going to be in this, and scene. you knew he was in it already. Yeah, I did. We're yeah. Still waiting for one of our scars guards to show up. Oh, that's right. Yeah, which one is it? The tall, which the tall one or the one who played it? I th- I think 
think it's the tall one. Tall, lanky one. I'm not sure. Hmm. But yeah, Adrian Brody's in this un- in the next episode of the show. Cool. You know, he was good in a guest role in Peaky Blinders. I don't know if you saw that that season. No, I did not. I think I've only watched season one. Yeah, I think it's like... Yeah, season one of that show was good. It, it did kind of trail off, but they started doing the thing where like they would have a like really top tier actor come on just for a season just to do like a guest role. So they had Brody come on as some mafioso from the States. And then they had Tom Hardy come on, um, as some other gangster who he, he was, his character is actually really good. I'm sure that's uh, right up Tom Hardy's alley. Yeah. Damn. You know, just watch the season with Tom Hardy in it. I think you can actually, because I, I think if I think it's like season four or five, but I think you can jump, just jump right in. Okay. Uh, but he, yeah, he's really good. But, uh, but yeah, um, did want to just do super quick through two minute on episode one of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the new season, and all I want to say about it is actually. I texted you about it, and I said there was one part of that that had me almost damn near rolling off my bed laughing. Can you guess huh. what part that was? Um, oh, man, I don't know. Was it the plop? I enjoyed the plop. Um, trying to think what else was just was a, really just good. Shot in the dark. The um, hello. Yeah, I don't know. I did like. Did I lose Albert you again Brooks at the end of the COVID episode? Order. Oh my god. But I don't think that would have had you rolling off your bed. Okay, sorry, listeners. Um, I don't know what what is happening, but I just lost Jay. Whoa, we're gonna have to wrap up. Um, luckily, we were basically done anyway. We'll cover Curb next episode. Um, hopefully, he's not talking over me because I cannot hear him. But anyway, Vicious Podcast, we are out. Oh man. Oh, it was the part. Um, it was the part with the audition. Oh my gosh. That just the girls audition? I forgot that was in there. That was so uncomfortable but so hilarious at the same time. <laughs> it it man. was. And then Did I like, did you found her? I lost you for about a, a solid 2 minutes there. I don't know if it was two minutes, but it was yeah, the whole time yeah, I, I was, was trying to guess. I said the plop, um, and then I couldn't think of another one. I, I did talk about Albert Brooks and his COVID. Wait, so you hoarding. could hear me that whole time? No, I couldn't hear you. I just said those were my two guesses: Albert Brooks and then the plop, Susie plopping down. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know why this keeps happening. Where at the end of the episode, like we start getting technical difficulties, but we should wrap up. Eat something green, drink your water, don't plop That's on right. the couch, <laughs> and good luck at the audition. <laughs> this was podcast we have. Woo!